0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Success Unscripted, the podcast for ordinary people aiming to achieve extraordinary goals. I am your host, Miriam Hogan, and today I have another excellent topic coming up, so you guys do not want to miss it. By the end of this show, y'all, I promise that you will start making changes in your life for the better. That is guaranteed. That is guaranteed. But for now, as always, I hope you all have had a fantastic day. And if you have not, you can start right now. Okay, guys, so living in Austin, Texas, I have become quite acquainted with the term recycle or recycled, you know, it's not a new word to me, but since living in Austin, I realized that we are one of those cities that effortlessly aim to create a better environment and save the planet. Like, that's fine, right? Totally cool. So you literally walk into a grocery store and you can see that there are recycling bins everywhere. They're recycling bins. When you, you know, go take your trash out to your dumpster, you have an actual trash can bin and then the city provides a recycling can. And there's actually bags that you can purchase in the store to recycle your cans in the trash can. You know, trash will come and pick it up. Now, back home in Louisiana, we didn't we didn't recycle. OK, we didn't recycle. Everything went into the trash. And nothing was recycled because, honestly, we really did not think about saving the planet, right? Back home in Alexandria, we were just not one of those cities to recycle. And I still don't think they are. At least I'm not aware of it. Or maybe it was just my family. Maybe growing up as a kid, my family were the ones that didn't recycle not that I'm aware of anyways. So, (laughs) oh, well, anyhow. So according to Oxford, the term recycle has multiple meanings. One meaning is what I previously stated about recycling waste, right? And another definition is to simply use again, to simply use again. That's all it says, use again. I'm going somewhere with this. So just hang on. So synonyms that are listed for recycle are reclaim, recovery, salvage, save, reuse. Again, reclaim, recovery, salvage, save, reuse. So y'all, I begin to think about this phrase, recycle, right? And I begin to think about it because around certain times of the year, familiar things that I have previously encountered frequently revisited me sometimes from the same source, either the same person or thing. And sometimes it would come in different forms. However, it wasn't until last year that I began to realize a certain pattern and I found myself stuck in a cycle of repeated behaviors, repeated emotions and circumstances. I essentially noticed that I was just recycling old behaviors, which caused me to become trapped. These behaviors caused me to become trapped in that same cycle. Now, some of you may not believe that there is a direct correlation between the time of year when you experience something, but here's what I noticed. So I noticed, and I hope you guys are ready for this. Okay. So I noticed that my journal entry, my journal entries, excuse me, in 2017 matched my journal entries in 2018 in certain months. So I was essentially struggling with the same battles in 2018, still writing about these same battles in 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022, writing about the same battles that happened previously in 2021. And I was like, whoa, okay, y'all, this is crazy. And and I, I had to take a step back. I was like, wait, so hold on one second. Because you know, in your, in, your, in your iPhone, in your notes, it's a timestamp, right? There's a timestamp when you enter in your notes. So I always enter in certain journal entries in my notes as well as in my personal journal, my physical journal, and I always date it. And so I just started going back to these entries and I was like, oh my gosh, I was emotional about this same issue back the, previous, the previ- in the previous year. Like that was crazy to me. And that's when I was like, okay, hold on, hold on. Now, journaling is a powerful tool, by the way, just, just in case you guys don't journal, I would suggest that you start doing that. because I was able to catch these behaviors, these same you know emotions that I was complaining about. Anyways, even some of the same people came creeping back up into my life. So I was able to identify and track those things down as well, old relationships, old habits, old emotions. And it was not until I saw it and noticed it and then intentionally put forth effort to not repeat those same things or experiences. I hope that's making sense, right? So this year, when certain things, certain situations would arise, I was completely aware of what was about to happen or what could happen if I reacted as I normally would. And I was like, okay, oh no, 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 no. Not this time, not this year, because I'm finally in a good place, right? And recently I was sharing with, Um, a few people that this year for me personally has been one of the best years. No, not one of, it has been the best year of my life since living in Austin because I intentionally decided to break the cycles that frequently manifested around the same time every year, every year y'all, because of me, because of what I was doing. Right. And it has been liberating, y'all. I allowed myself to be free on purpose, and that is important, okay? So let me repeat that. I decided to you know, break those cycles that frequently came and revisited me because of me. I allow these recycles to revisit and repeat every year because of me, but ever since I became extremely aware of these habits, it has been a totally... And completely liberating year for me personally. And I told myself eventually, Miriam, at some point, <laughs> you're gonna have to stop complaining about the same thing every year. Like, this is a problem. This, this isn't making any sense. Why are your journal entries for your current year matching what you previously wrote about in other years? Like that doesn't make any doesn't make any sense. At some point, you need to be completely delivered, like get over it, right? And this is just something that I've learned in the process. And I want you guys to listen to me closely. When you break tangible things, something that's tangible, that you can touch physically, it can either be repaired by fixing it or placing a bandage over it or just letting it be. Just letting it stay broke, right? Broken. So when it comes to cycles, the intangible, okay? The intangible, cycles are intangible, cannot be touched. So when it comes to cycles, the intangible cannot be fixed and it must not be fixed. Does that make sense? It cannot be fixed and it must not be fixed. You cannot place a bandage over a generational curse or generational cycles, bandages y'all are for boo-boos they are not for cycles they are not for generational curses you either break it and don't think about it don't try to repair it don't try to repurpose it don't try to salvage it don't try to reclaim it leave them broken cycles cause you know bondage and I believe strongly 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 that fear comes from cycles and comes into our lives because of those unbroken cycles and generational curses okay so leave them broken. Bandages are for boo-boos, not for cycles. Don't try to place nothing over it. Don't try to repair it or or come back to it and be like, oh, let me revisit this. No, 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 no. Don't salvage it. Break it. Leave it broken. Leave it broken. Okay, I th- I think y'all got it now. <laughs> leave it broken. And so, you know, we see many examples throughout the Old Testament of individuals, rulers, and others who repeatedly found themselves in situations that were handed down to them, right? So cycles and different curses were handed down to them. So one king would do one thing and then another king would come. They may do the right thing, but then somewhere later on down the line, they'll end up doing the same thing that their ancestors did. So it was just this big cycle of bad habits, right? And another great example, we all know this example, the children of Israel, you know, and in many ways, y'all, if you think about it, we are no different from them. We're no different from the children of Israel in many ways. So they were brought out of Egypt. They were delivered from the hand of Pharaoh, brought out of Egypt, delivered from the henna Pharaoh, you know, and I understand that sometimes it is hard for some people to break free from certain situations that they have been in for years. Right. I, I get it. I was there once before. Right. Even in my childhood, I was there, but at some point you have to break free, move on, you know, but I get it. What do you do? Or how do you expect a group of people like the children of Israel or like us what do you do or how do you expect a group of people to act when you hand them promises, but they've been held in captivity for years. You've, you've handed them promises. The children of Israel, they were promised their promised land. They it was given to them, but they've been held in captivity for years. They're having a hard time escaping that Egypt mindset. How do you expect them to act? Right. From the natural eye, you'd expect them to act according to their previous environment being encamped, you know, in slavery. So for them, they would have to purposely break free from that mindset of bondage that they have been, you know, accustomed to. And I know that that is hard for a lot of people. It was hard for me. And I believe that it stems from fear. We can evaluate ourselves and say, you know, Oh, I come from a broken family. Yes. You come from a broken family. Okay. You came from a broken family. Oh, oh, my daddy was a drug dealer. Okay. Yes. He was a drug dealer. Oh, I got pregnant in my adolescent years. You were held in prison for many years. But when God hands you your freedom, when you're given your freedom, it is your responsibility to act upon it. That's whether you come from a family, a broken family, you've come from a family where your daddy was a drug dealer, you got pregnant. Once you're handed your freedom, It is your responsibility to act upon it. You have to be intentional. You have to intentionally break the cycles and mindsets you had while being held in captivity to truly experience freedom. Be the cycle breaker in your family. Start something new. Create a cycle of good habits and stop recycling trash. Stop recycling trash. So where does fear come from? Is it from previous happenings, you know, things that previously happened in your family, in your life? Where does fear come from? The first encounter or occurrence of fear took place in the book of Genesis. Adam and Eve said that I was naked and afraid, so I hid myself. They were fearful when they heard God's voice. And y'all, we only hide when we are scared. They said I was naked and afraid, so I hid myself. We only hide when we're scared. That's when fear crept into the world, when Adam and Eve failed, when they messed up. And from that day forward, God had to keep speaking to us about not being fearful or afraid throughout the history of of the Bible because he knew that fear would grip us if it had a chance to. He had to keep speaking to us about it because he knew that it would grip us. He knew if it would, you know, grip us, if we, if he had, had a chance to. So that's why we have to be constantly reminded of those good scriptures. Right. And I remember being afraid, you know, every time there was a first day of school, I in high school, elementary, middle school, I always remember being afraid on the first day of school, every school year. And when I used to be afraid, I would run. That was just something that I would I would do, right? Good or bad. At one point in my life, I was even afraid of success and the outcome, you know, the outcomes of it, good or bad. When my parents divorced, I ran. Um, and I hope that's okay with me sharing, you know, my parents, I know they understand. But when they divorced, I ran. I remember running away. And I didn't go too far, but, you know, my mom was looking for me. So, like, when people would upset me, I would run. When I got made fun of at school, I'd run. I'd hide to stay out of plain sight because of how people viewed me. I realized, you know, that when my parents divorced, I became a runner. I figured out how to run from everything. Fear developed. You know, the fear of what's next. I experienced, you know, true fear for the first time at the age of 13. A fear of how to move on, you know, when things became hard, I just, I didn't know how else to react, but to run on my job, I would run when things got hard, you know, I felt that it may be better for me to just leave, right? At school, I often talked about quitting because it seemed normal and right. Nothing is normal and right about that. Running every time something was wrong, that's, that's, that's immature, right? So something I experienced in my ad- my early adolescent years began to develop in my adult years. So when I started running as a young, as a young child, as a young teenager, that carried over into my adult years until I had to break it. I had to stop leaving jobs because, you know, people were making me upset or they were talking about my management like that. That was silly. That was immature at some point I had to like grow up and face those fears and break those cycles. No, you need to, you need to sit still, stop leaving every job. When somebody makes you upset, That doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous. So these things begin to flow over into my adulthood because I started doing it as a child. Maybe it was not a fear of who did what to me, but it was always a fear of what people thought of me. So one thing sort of led to the next. Fear, it's in our imagination. We convince ourselves that things are bad, right? The fact that our minds can think beyond our present causes us to be fearful about the future. Mm. We tend to say to ourselves, this could happen or this might happen. And the fact that we cannot currently take action or do anything tangible about our future makes us extremely fearful. How many of us, how many of us are more afraid about our present than our future, y'all? How, how many of us? We're more afraid of what is next than rather what's right here in our faces and that is because we cannot control the future at times, but we control the right now. Now realizing that taking action in your right now would actually give you a better future where you don't have to be afraid. We have to stop making things up. When we're fearful, you're sitting there and, you know, thinking about your money problems and what you can't pay, where you can not go, who you can't see. You're making it up because it literally has not happened yet. Take no thought for tomorrow is what the Bible says. Simply put, a lie is when you make things up. You make things up. Stop lying to yourself about what's real. Fear causes people to lie. Lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves and others because of what we think will happen. And it has not even happened yet. Hasn't even happened yet. The fact that our minds can think beyond our present causes us to be fearful about the future. We got to change our thoughts. We got to start saying, my business is prosperous. My life is prosperous. My future is bright. My family is well. My children are well. I am good. I'm happy. Either way, you will be creating it by what you speak and think. And I leave this with you all today. Counteract bad thoughts with good ones. And that's cliche, but it's powerful, right? It's powerful. Could, should. Would, might, can't, maybe are what you call probability indicators. And this hit me. I was journaling the other day. I said, man, could, should, would, might, can't, maybe are all probability indicators. These are fear-producing words. When one of these words are used, then there is a probability that something could happen, but won't necessarily happen. So, when we say, I could have done this, or I might, but, or I would, but we count ourselves out. These are words of uncertainty. When we use these words, we do not believe in ourselves. Oh, it could happen, but I'm just not sure it would happen. But, 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 could, should, would, might, can't, maybe. Will, can, shall, must, absolutely definitely are all indicators that something must happen or take place. These are definitive words. These are definitive words. Will can shall must absolutely definitely all indicators that something must happen or take place. The actions in the garden, you know, Those are issues that we must deal with for generations to come. Those actions of Adam and Eve, those are things that we will have to deal with. But the great news is that we can overcome them. We can choose what is good and right. Look at Cain and Abel. Look at that tragic. Look at what happened. Because of what was passed down from their parents, Adam and Eve, evil entered into the world. We can choose what is good and right. Break those cycles and stop recycling bad habits. If you were born into a family of poverty, then you must break free of those thought patterns that may try to entangle and entrap your thoughts. It may try to entangle and entrap your thoughts. You get in this life what you put in, okay? You get in this life what you put in. You only get one life. The great Jim Rohn said, if you don't like how things are, change it. You are not a tree. (laughs) You are not a tree. None of us are trees. We can just easily pick up and go change anything, right? Trees can't, they're rooted and grounded. Maybe some of us need to be trees. Maybe some of us need to be rooted and grounded. If you don't like how things are, change it. You are not a tree. Okay, y'all, until next time, take care. I hope that has helped somebody today. And if it has helped you, please feel free to share it. Send it to somebody that may be on your heart, a loved one that may be dealing with breaking cycles. Okay, until then, take care. God bless.